0: Blue Shirts fans, welcome to the Worst New York Rangers podcast, a podcast about the NHL's least favorite team, the New York Rangers. Luchers fans and hockey fans alike, welcome back to the Worst New York Rangers Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Breezy. and with my co-host, Nick. Nick, say hi.
1: What's going on? We got a lot of shit to talk about today, so I'm really excited for it.
0: Oh, man. So, I was planning on putting out a Broadway bonus in the last couple of days, talking about some of the injuries, but I did not want to jump the gun and, and just, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. I know the day-to-day right. shit, the LBI, the... Upper body injury, the lower body injury. It's the TBI. It, I mean, it's just you, you don't you don't really know. And and honestly, I've said this a couple times already, but I just came off of two seasons where my head coach was a fucking liar, and everything he said was not true. So I, I didn't want to report anything and not be
1: gun shy about it.
0: Ex- exactly, I didn't want to. Yeah. Use whatever small platform I have in this life to the only sm- the small community that we have here, and lie to them. Right. So, I well, I mean, want to be do fair, that. it
1: wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been you lying to him. It's just you
0: reporting on what you heard
1: from what you thought was a reliable source, such as the head coach.
0: But yeah, but that would I have been an egg on mean. my face. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I guess realistically, what I want to get into here is is Carolina. And this whole, what all the stuff that transpired from this game and, and everything in between, right? right? So, the New York Rangers play the Carolina Hurricanes. They end up beating them 2-1. It was a pretty chippy game, interdivisional. We've played them in the playoffs in the last in the season before last. And it was kind of chippy then, it's kind of chippy now. But what happened, uh, but what happened during this game?
1: See, what ha- happened was...
0: We had a, I would say, a damn near slew foot from Sebastian Aho, from this game transpired us getting Adam Fox on long-time injury reserve. Igor Shosturkin got banged up. We also had Filipito out, and he is, I think, day-to-day right now. I'm not sure exactly, but... We lost three guys, and from that, we had to call up Louis Deming, we called up Johnny Brodzinski, and then uh, another guy, Mackie, who I'm not very familiar with, but we called all those guys up and played what I thought was a very dominant first period, a very not so dominant second period, a pretty evenly matched third period, and then we end up losing that game with Jonathan Quick in net. Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all, honestly. I'm not really mad about it. You're gonna, you're not gonna win every game, and at least this one we lost in overtime, which we said a million times. If you're gonna lose, <laughs> lose in overtime, right? Get that. Lose an overtime, still get a point. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. my whole lose a
1: point, but it still counts on the yeah, it still counts on the
0: the standings. So, for myself, my dad poses a very interesting question. So that's a very long winded. That's just catching everybody up to speed. Um, that whole thing with with Carolina and New York is was a good game, but again, you know, some bad stuff happened. People get hurt. But my dad has a very interesting take, and I'm hitting you with this for the first time now. So you have no no time to prep. You're just going to hear it, and then you'll be able to answer. My dad says – it's kind of interesting. I kind of like it. But my dad says, if you hit someone, right, that is deemed dirty, right – say okay. you get a penalty for it, okay? They rule it on the ice as something fucked up. I mean, if it's a board, if it's a slew foot, if it's a cross so you, check.
1: So, so, so if you hit someone and it gets called a penalty?
0: Sure, exactly. If okay. you hit someone, it gets called a penalty indisputably on the ice, right? And that person's out. My dad's theory is the person who caused that should have to sit out suspension until that person is well enough to make it back into the lineup. Thoughts.
1: Is that not already kind of what the NHLPA wants to do already? Like, like, so so you'll you'll see like this egregious hit on a player, right? And the next thing you know, it'll pop up on NHL News saying, like, oh, um uh, Nico Hersher is um uh, you know suspended two games for his hit on Taylor Radish. You know what I mean? The only reason why I use them is I'm literally watching the devil's Hawks game right now after doing this. So is that not already what the NHLPA is trying to do?
0: Yeah, I've, I've brought and and kind of broke this down realistically, like what logistically, how this would go, right? That would include what we would have as like the NHL, like sports coach. You have to have like an NHL neutral party sports coach that would have to check in after the injury right? With, let's just use Adam Fox as an example. So he gets okay. hurt. They put him on injury reserve, long time, like long-term injury reserve, okay? He comes through. He meets with Adam Fox. He eats with, He meets with Adam Fox's doctor. They say, yeah, it's going to be probably four to six weeks, okay? He goes back. He tells the league. The league reaches out to Sebastian Ajo and says, hey, you're out minimum four weeks. You're out of the lineup. And he goes into, like, um, like it, almost like a long-time injury reserve thing too, where he's put in a bracket where he's not able to play until he's sure. deemed able to play. That way, you couldn't be like, oh, you you took out our best guy, Zach Jones, who's a healthy scratch every night. You guys are not allowed to play Connor Bedard. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, you, you heard him. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I can yeah. see there being a lot of fucked up like bullshit, especially during playoffs type of shit, right? Yeah. So the the NHL would have to be involved the 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 call would have to be fair and you would have to like physically have another party in there and not just like, Oh, it's a two game suspension. It's like, no, you're out until he's out. And then let's say Adam Fox is out for, you know, seven weeks or whatever. And then they say, yeah, you're good to go this week and say, he doesn't play. Then Sebastian Aha would be able to play. If the, the, all of the parties, the sports parties, the doctors, the official guys that are a part of it, deem that it's necessary. Thoughts? I mean, okay,
1: so in a sense, I do kind of agree with that. um Like I said, you can kind of see the NHLPA already doing that, not necessarily holding the players accountable as far as like the suspension time, but they are holding them accountable for like, you know, this boarding call nets you a, a two to three game suspension yeah. on this hit, right? The problem that I almost foresee is if it's like a freak incident, right? it's a boarding call that you you tried to avoid couldn't avoid or even like a goalie interference call that ends up getting the the goalie injured or whatever the case may be still going to be a penalty right so that would fall under like the same guys of like okay that hit was egregious enough to call it a penalty now it starts instituting the um uh, the suspension based on
0: injury rule right sure It'd be like intent, right? If if like a a board, if a board on accident that you didn't mean to fall through with that, if it's a if it's a bad board, it's still a board. If a high stick on accident, even if it's an accident, it's still a penalty, right? I think that would warrant the NHL official, coaches, or the NHL official officiate who comes through to make that decision. I would probably go to Toronto for review. They would go through the guy's maybe the guy's track record and what he does, and I think that they would make a decision. But I think it's kind of interesting to say that there's an official rule that if you put somebody out, especially something dirty, you have to sit too. Because I mean, it's Adam okay, fucking so Fox, man. It's not like fourth I, I line, you know, fourth line guy who's. And maybe I'm just being salty because it's Adam Fox, but he 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 directly correlated to him being out for you know he could be out for the rest of the season. You know, he, who yeah. knows? Nobody knows. And then they're not going to tell us because there's literally two injuries, upper and lower. So who knows what the fuck's even wrong with him? We'll never find out until two weeks from him coming back, probably. Or yeah. when they interview him when he comes back. And he won't want to talk so, about it because he doesn't want to be broken up or seem to be broken up. You know what I'm saying?
1: In a sense, I, I do agree with it. But also, I almost feel like you're kind of taking, you're taking it away. You're taking away the possibility for players to police the game. You know, like, okay. So I told you this when you called me. So let me just break this down real quick. You called me at like nine o'clock at night and was like, "Dude, this is what happened." Blah blah. I need you. You need to look in. You need to look at this when you get a chance. And I immediately went to it. And I immediately went and I watched it. I watched like the full, the hit, and everything that transpired after that. My thing is like, why Jacob Shruba did not have like physically cut off fucking sebastian ajo's head um i'll I'll never understand whatever but you kind of you know you you can't sit there and, and say that jacob truba isn't like that goon right sure right so i almost feel like you're kind of almost taking away the possibility for four players to police the game. You're almost taking away that goon aspect of it, that fourth liner that's just there to throw punches. And I understand that like the NHL PA is kind of like, you know, the NHL itself is trying to kind of rid that player because I think I can count on one hand, how many of those players are in the NHL right now. Sure. And, you know, but I understand that, but I mean, that, that's always going to be a factor of the game until they outlaw fighting. That's always going to be a factor of the game. Now the problem is, is like if there is a slew foot and Adam Fox is out for four weeks, and now because of that new rule, now Sebastian Ajo's out that four weeks. Now you kind of like you take away that motivation to kind of avenge your teammate from Jacob Druba, because like the next time you play him, you're sure. not going to be, you're not going to, he's not going to be on the ice, so you can't, you can't put his head through the fucking boards. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no, I, I, agree I, with I get, it. I, agree I get with that, it, but I don't agree with it.
0: Um, well, for if Fo- we don't know the severity of Fox's like injury on the ice, right? So he still has time to like reconcile that that game. That that would be my first rebuttal. Second rebuttal would be, um, a, a person like Sebastian, as much as Jacob wants to, um do that i would think right because even afterwards they had had an interview it's like hey everybody always tries to make me answer the bell when i do something which is he's referring to his big hits that he always puts out which are almost 99 percent always clean but because they're being done to your team you don't like it i i get it right but he's he said after the game like yeah you know i have to answer the bell for what i'm what i have to do everybody wants me to answer the bell so he should have to answer too and there was even like a um Cause it kind of went for Aho a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a little roughness went towards him and, and like a little stuff was screaming out. And I forget yeah. who uh, Lexi Lafreniere was arguing with, but he was on the bench and he was screaming at um, Carolina's bench. He's like, Hey, you just took out our fucking best player. And then he was like, Hey, you just tried to target ours. So what do you want us to do? You know, like yeah, it was, uh, yeah. it, and that was kind of coming back to what you're saying where it's like, yeah, you don't get a chance to, you know, you know pay the toll and and answer for what you did but i think it's more detrimental to a team to have to be like okay this guy's out of the fucking lineup all right who are we bringing up all right he's going out for a while then if he's it's a long-term thing right then he's got to come back into the lineup okay i gotta send this guy back town to whatever my farm team is okay i hope he clears fucking waivers oh wait he didn't now he's off our organization you know like it creates a problem for them because the rangers would have to do the same thing right because we pulled up brodzinski and another guy mackie like who i said i'm not very familiar with but brodzinski is a veteran in hartford he's their captain he's a guy that we bring up every year multiple times he's that swiss army knife and the reason why he doesn't play all the time is because he's useful and they don't want to lose him so playing the nhl's like fuck around don't lose your guy game if you send them down at a certain time and they're not there for very long whatever they don't have to clear waivers but if you have them for a certain amount of time they have to clear waivers and then some other team can has the chance to pick him up you know what i'm saying so yeah it's like a lot of a lot of different stuff like that so there was a lot
1: of a lot of moving parts that would have to be um etched out before it became like an actual like an actual rule like a long time long term suspension because you can't put them on the you IR gotta,
0: exactly so and I'd
1: have to create like a whole new bracket of like long term suspension
0: but i think that would even makes things like you know pulling up someone from Carolina's farm team, he'd still have to clear waivers because he fits in the parameters of being up there because, you know, maybe Sebastian's out for seven weeks and they want to send that guy back down to whatever their organization is and they ha- he has to clear waivers. And that's just another punishment because, you know, the Rangers would have to do the same thing when Fox comes back if they send back their defenseman. You know, if we have two guys that are healthy scratches, Zach Jones and then uh, Tyler Pitlick, so we're actually sending our guys down before they hit that threshold where we might lose them. But, you know, if we didn't have those guys as healthy scratches every night and we needed those guys, we would have to do the same thing in a couple weeks or a couple months when we want to send them down to make room for Fox. So I think that it makes it fairer or at least uh, like a a grace rule that says, okay, these guys don't have to clear waivers; they can just go back down because they have to come up because you lost a guy. I don't know something, but I think that is very interesting of an idea.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an interesting idea that would for sure be
0: that I would love
1: to see how that would play out, you know, but I just don't think it ever would. That's the problem. Yeah. So anyway, at that point, you're, it, I mean, it makes sense as far as like the accountability aspect of it. Exactly. Where it's like, you know, if it's like a slew foot, right? Like it, sometimes you can deem the slew as like a, an accidental, but that hit that Sebastian Aho had on Adam Fox, that was not, and, and incidental contact that was like I'm um, i'm um, intent is what that was
0: absolutely and, and that, <laughs> that that brings it back to the point of like it there's no punishment for something that leads to something that severe right because there isn't i mean sure. and technically there shouldn't be really but should there is the question right right so, now yeah. in the league there is nothing that says he should be in trouble for anything and that, that's fine but you know, should should there be some type of punishment for for putting out? I mean, like I, like I said, even if it wasn't Adam Fox, right? If it was a young guy who just came up from Hartford this year and this is his first year to prove himself, and now he's out for four or five weeks, that fucks up his entire career. He might, yeah. you know, it's okay. We had some shining moments, but we it had to move on with it the, the path. yeah, exactly. And he might never 100%. recover from that if he's very fresh. And you know, Adam Fox knows what the fuck he's doing. You know, Adam Fox is going to come back and do what he needs to do as long as he's healthy, right? But some of these right. younger guys that are used to playing in college juniors, then you know the AHL, which is professional hockey, but not National Hockey League. They they mm-hmm. they might it might fuck up their entire trajectory and they never become the player that they they could have been, right?
1: Right. No. I so agree. it's definitely like I said, it's definitely an interesting concept, and it'd be cool to to see how it would work, but. <laughs> Unfortunately, we'll never get the opportunity to see how it'll work because it'll never, it'll never come into fruition. And, you I know, mean, it,
0: yeah, it's like even like you know, you have uh, uh, fucking PK Subban, right? The guy off the ice is was an incredible guy, an incredible person who who did amazing things and, and helped out with charity and stuff like that on the still ice. Doing a
1: lot of amazing things. E- exactly. Too, he,
0: yeah. He's he's on the ice though. On the fucking ice, he was a scumbag, right? He was, he was fucking – he was slew-footing like you never fucking – the PK slew ban, right? He was yeah. slew-footing <laughs> no, no more than you fucking could ever fucking imagine. And this is not me digging at him just because he hates the Rangers because he played for the Devils, and every time he's on TV, he has to talk shit about the Rangers. This is the fact that that's what he did, right? He was really bad did, with that yeah. shit. He, he, he fucking did it, he and he was, was a, a scumbag about it. Yeah. Exactly.
1: His, jo- his job was I need to play defense, but also I need to mix it up a little bit,
0: and that's exactly what he did and i mean if if it like going back two seasons right before this one so that hit on crosby that put crosby out that could have been reviewable and then saying that it was a clean chest to chest shoulder to shoulder oh, type yeah. of hit it could have been it would have been waved off and said okay jacob you're fine right because no, again, yeah, and, it's in the rules we can you do can that.
1: Make that same argument and you know, I'm dating myself seven years, but, you know, there was a hit on Patrick Kane, like right when, uh, towards the end of the season, right? Um. It was like, it almost kind of looked like a cross check hit and it sent him awkward into the boards and it broke, it had fractured, fractured or broke, I can't remember, his collarbone and, you know, was barely able to come back for the time for the playoffs, you know, but you could have made that same argument of like, hey, this is, you know this. This was uh, This has intent to injure. You know this, and I don't know. I know I didn't call it intent to injure. I thought it was just kind of like you know he just. He, I can't remember what the player. I know it was on the Panthers, but I can't remember the player. But it was just like a shove to his back, and Patrick lost his footing, and then went into the boards awkward and broke his collarbone. Yeah. It was just a fucky you know? wunky
0: situation type of thing. It right? really
1: was. It was just like a like a uh, what's it called a
0: um accidentally on purpose yeah exactly so i i get it again uh, everybody out there who listens to this you, you can make that decision for yourself right if, sure. if you think that would be cool but uh, again it's very interesting my dad has been saying that now for fucking years like years and years and years and then if i you know when adam fox finally got fucked up i was like hey man we gotta do something this is not all right man This fucked up bro
1: it took five years to say something. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs>
0: They're hockey players. They get paid to do this, and then it happens to Adam Fox, and I'm like, wait a minute. A minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's not right. Something's wrong. So, uh,
1: something seems uh, – some, there's fuckery afoot.
0: So what transpired <laughs> for that fucking single game um, from Carolina to the Minnesota game, we had, like I said, the two guys out, which was Philip and Adam Fox. And then we had Igor out, which we didn't know what it was. And then we had Barclay Goudreau out. Unrelated to injuries at all, he just happened to have his first kid with his wife, and he went home to be with them, so congrats to him for that. That's awesome. But um, So we lost a big chunk of guys there. Moving into the Minnesota game, it was very, very... I don't want to say apparent, because we came out like a fucking lightning in a bottle type situation. We were really well, well off in the first period. But you know, Quick did amazing. Quick did great, but he's, he's, he's no. Igor. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. He was no Igor. He, <laughs> not many, not many players can be, and I understand that. This honestly, th- what got me the most, right? Yes, Adam Fox is hurt. It happens. You know, Filipino got hurt. That sucks. He 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 tends to get hurt fairly often. Um, Ryan Lindgren gets fucking hurt multiple times a season. Like it happens right. all the time. But when someone like Igor Shosturkin, right? When someone like Igor Shosturkin gets hurt, that's when I'm like, we need to fucking do something about this. We got to figure this shit out because I mean, it's your, it's your Wonder Boy, right? If Connor Bedard, God forbid, got hurt this season, the whole world would go on fire, especially in Chicago. It would be awful, right? And you don't want to see that. And even fucking Jack Hughes being out for the Devils and i don't want him in the lineup right he does amazing things but again you don't want to see a young guy get fucking obliterated or not be able sure. to play and and maybe be out and you never know what could happen so it's it's a weird situation like we've talked about before where it's like i want you at full strength so i can beat you at full strength and prove to myself yeah. and our fandom that we never, can cause beat you,
1: you. yeah because you don't want it to sit there and be like oh well you won because jack hughes out of the lineup or you won because jonathan quick decided to be swiss cheese, like. Yeah. It's like, no, it's, I want you at full strength so I could kick the living shit out of you with everyone going at, at, at 100% power. Like, that's what I want. Exactly. Yeah. But. No, I definitely, I definitely get that. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucked. But, you know, Jonathan Quick, I mean, he held the fork down. I mean, he's doing exactly what his job is supposed to be, right? And it's like you're, you, you had an amazing career as a starter with LA, you had an amazing career. Now just, just be basically be a bone, like a, a, not a bonafide. Oh, what's the so fucking weird I'm looking for glorified, be a glorified fucking, um, goalie coach now to Igor, you exactly. know, just sit there, just be, <clears throat> just be there and be ready to go in in case something God forbid happens. Right. And, and what I saw in, cause I watched, I watched the Minnesota game. What I saw in Jonathan Quick was almost like shades of how he was in 2000, from fucking 2010 oh, no to 2015. Doubt. And he no looked doubt. good. I, I, you know, aside from that, like, real fucky shootout goal is the second one, right? Because he stopped Kaprizov. Yeah, that can't was I shot second. Like, that one that, was really fucky, really stupid looking. And it was just kind of like one of those where it's like, ah, you gotta, you can't give up on the play. And it kind of looked and it felt like he kind of gave up on it. And, and, and so you've got to play whistle to whistle. If you didn't hear that fucking whistle, that puck is still on play. And sure. it was one of those just ugly, weird trickle in goals that that you never would have thought would have scored. And which nine times out of 10, if you look at any sort of shots like that, nine times out of 10, they're saved. And that 1% is the one that trickles in after the fact. So it was like, kind of like one of those where it almost felt like he gave up on it.
0: Yeah, and, and for that game in general, right, I think Quick did really, really well. He had a, a a bunch of different saves, a bunch of different rebound, then second saves in the same play. Like a lot of stuff that Igor does, he had a really amazing glove save that he got. And it was like a bunch of stuff that I saw that I was like, I really like it. Losing that game or losing in overtime, to be specific... It's okay. You're not going to win every single game, and if I'm going to lose against a team, at least I know someone like Minnesota brought their A game, right? I know right. At, in the beginning we were kind of scoring on them. They had to pull um what's the fuck's his name um uh their starting goalie. Uh, anyway, uh, they pull uh they they pull him and put uh Flurry in. And then, you know, then Mark Andre Fleury came in, and like I said, he's hot or cold. But when he's fucking hot, he's hot. So when I don't blame hot him for he's that.
1: Fucking hot, dude. And yeah, that's, that's a, like when, I was literally I was watching that game, and I was like, why? It, why couldn't the Hawks get that kind
0: of flurry? Literally, like, right? For Like
1: half of a year, it was like he was cold, and it was like, why couldn't we fucking get the the always hot Flurry?
0: Yeah, and and I've right. seen him, I've seen him games this year and and recently, right? That he, where he was not that, but he is, he still has the potential to be really, really good, and that's why he's yes. I I say the best second goalie in the league. If you have fucking Mark Andre Fleury as your second goalie, that's not that's not bad, right? That's pretty fucking good in my opinion. No, it's, but
1: it's not bad. But there are, I'm sorry, but there are other backups that that are better than Fleury.
0: Um, maybe consistently wise right but but the ceiling where like how good they could be, right, if flurry sure. was in his in the pocket playing the way that he can play, there'd be an argument up there where he would be top ten in the league, but he that's the problem why he's not a starting goalie is because he's inconsistent right some yeah. some goalies don't have that ceiling that he has where he can play. As well as he does, some goalies in the league do not have that. That are starters, right? But he has that capability. But he's just hot and cold. He, he, you know, he he could be shitty. Sometimes he's a good. Sometimes he's a shit. Like he sometimes he's a
1: good. Sometimes he's a
0: shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why I say he's the best second goal in the league, because skill-wise and,
1: and you know what's funny is that you know, not trying to like, you know, you know, jerk off jerk you off because I'm on your podcast and it's the Rangers aspect of it. But I really think that if I had to if I had to choose between Flurry or Quick as my second goaltender, I'm choosing Quick. Because it almost just feels like he is he's way more consistent. But the problem is is like what are you really going to do? When you sign Jonathan Quick, were you honestly sitting there saying, like, he's going to get majority of the playing time? Or were you going to sit there and say, like, you're going to be kind of the mentor to Igor and step in when you need to step in? But Igor's a number one guy. And that, to me, proves that you're kind of like the best second option um, rather than Flurry. Because for the life of me, I can't remember Minnesota's starting goalie. I can't remember him, but I can't remember his name. But you know, like of course, you want to. You like if you had an option and be like, hey, you know, Flurry's our backup. You'd sit there and be like, fuck, okay, cool. Flurry's our backup. He's got he's stepping in now. You kind of got to rely on your offense a little bit. But I really feel like that Jonathan Quick kind of has that second goalie. Like this is where I this this is the guy that I want to like kind of co-build a franchise around, and it's having, you know, Jonathan Quick who is a. The two or three times Stanley Cup champ.
0: I think it's three, one, two, before yeah, this season. I think it's two. Before this season, I would have said Marc-Andre Fleury just because I didn't think Quick had the ceiling anymore. I thought it was just too far gone for him. I didn't realize now seeing him play this season and then seeing Marc-Andre Fleury play this season, I could I could see what you're saying, and I might even agree with you. Not even just because he's on my team, but I could agree with you because I see that he's still I think coming to the Rangers and being a team that he respects and loves and grew up watching, and then finally being a part of the organization and then getting this coaching staff that we have is really building his confidence back to say, like, hey, I'm not just a... I know that I'm always probably going to be you know a second goalie, but I'm more than that. I can contribute more than that. And I think he knows his place. Come in and do the best he can when he has to play. And I think that works for him. So I could agree with that. And number three, Philip Gustafson.
1: Minnesota mm, I can't believe right. I, I forgot his
0: fucking name. I'm so stupid, but anyway, yeah. I would like to I would like to talk about two very specific games that do not involve blue shirts at all. I would like to talk about Chicago and the Coyotes. Can we not talk about what no, can we not and talk about Chicago that? then Chicago and the Panthers because okay, this no, like, this is my perfect example of what like professional hockey is, right? Of what day to day professional hockey is. And this is why I want to talk about it because it goes into the next two teams after I would like to talk about after this that aren't blue shirts as well. But this is a perfect example of like how a team can play and then how a team can play, right? So right, let's start, yeah. let's start with the coyotes so- game.
1: We'll we'll start with the Yotes game on Monday. Um, all around was a very shaky game, um, and that right there, that game alone is why I really believe that Arvid Soderbaum is a a great AHL goalie, a not great NHL goalie. Um, sure, he lets in, I think it was six goals, five or six goals. And uh, granted, I'm not taking, I'm not setting everything on his shoulders. But I mean, like our defense obviously was not fucking there. Our offense wasn't there. The only offense we had was, was our Lord and Savior, Connor Bedard. Um,
0: which, which which is how it was, will be like most of the season. I feel like no offense. <laughs>
1: no, actually, you know what? I got to say you're kind of wrong. And the reason why I'm going to say you're wrong is, is going to be primarily on the Panther game. So let me finish with the Yotes game. But the, the only the only thing that I really want to touch on is that Conor Bedard had had a goal twenty eight seconds into the fucking game, and it's huge. And yeah. it was a nice it was a nice setup. It was a nice snap release. And that's really all you needed. Uh, granted, you kind of wish that you you know walked away with with at least a point in that game. But you know, it, it, Conor Bedard right now is kind of just. You know, the Conor Bedard and the Blackhawks alone are just kind of just cruising this year. I mean, you know, you you don't want to tank because I don't know. Mind you, I'm not 100% sure on this, but, you know, you don't want to tank because you don't know if there's another Conor Bedard in the draft this year. Uh, I don't want to take that chance. I want to see as many points as they possibly as the Blackhawks could possibly get. Uh, Monday, I'm just going to say this, was a game to forget. Um, a real, real gnarly 8-1 loss. And that's that's all it was. Um, the then had, was it three, four days off? Five days maybe?
0: Yeah, it was, days a, it was a long break.
1: It was a long, long break, which, which I'm kind of glad because then you went in, you went back to the United Center. This is the third home game. You're winless at home. You're playing the reigning Eastern Conference champions and a team that got fucking bitch slapped in the Stanley Cup final so you know that they're they're hungry all year and this is something <laughs> yeah this is hungry, something that the fucking
0: pissed yeah and this is something that the the black there's going to be many crucial games every season in different ways i think this was a very very important game for them to be like hey are we still on the right path right because i know you got the guy and i know it's still early in the season but you know these these little morale boosters these these little moments in the season are what you can grab onto and remember when shit goes bad, like the game before, right? Right,
1: Right, exactly. And so like, so this kind of brings me into it. Um, You had a long break. You had enough time to sit there, stay rested, be rested. Don't focus too much on hockey. Take the rest day off, get on the ice, get ready. Get ready, because it's a big game. Like, yesterday, that was a big fucking game for the Blackhawks. It was a huge, huge game. Like I said, reigning Eastern Conference champions. you got a team that, like I said, got bitch slapped in the Stanley Cup final. Then they're they're pissed off. They're not just hungry. They're hungry and fucking pissed. So, you know, I I went in with kind of no expectation, because I knew that we're playing – it was going to be a back-to-back, right? So you have the Panthers yesterday, you know, the Devils tonight. So I'm like, okay – you got Peter Morazic starting in goal, which I will say that Peter Morazic has been looking pretty damn good this year. Um, aside from a couple of blunders here and there, but let's be honest, no goalie is ever going to go, you know, you, no goalie is going to go undefeated. No. You know, but so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, it's, it's your third, third home game, which is funny to me that the season's a month old. There's only been counting tonight four home games. Which that's so fucking funny to me for some reason. And, yeah. and you're winless at home as well, mind you. So, you know, it's kind of a big it was kind of a big deal. Um you end the first period up, I can't I think it was three nothing. It was three the three nothing or four nothing I can't I can't really remember. But you know you start up and it's like fuck, okay, cool. Like this is good. This is good, I really like this. So you go up four nothing. Okay, fuck. Now, mind you, also, Connor Bedard also had another goal. So it put him on, it gave him two accolades, which was really, really cool. This was really cool to see. So he's on a, a three game goal streak right now, which was really, which was cool to see. Nice. And he also joins the likes of Ilya Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk uh, Jonathan Taze, um, and, and so many others of having at least five goals in your first 10 games as a professional player as a teenager. 'Cause a lot of people fucking forget this man is is eighteen no, years old. Yeah, he's yeah.
0: a he's a fucking kid. One. Two I'm still a kid. My, I'll never he's the same age as my sister in law, dude. It's it's crazy. It, <laughs> but I'll 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 always say again, I think it's so funny that it's not just with Connor, it's the entire league, right? Where whose job is it? To find these statistics, right? <laughs> Whose job is it to keep track of? Like Connor Bedard is undefeated when he gets Panda Express combo right. box on a Tuesday <laughs> if he's not on the West Coast. Like it's like these fucking yeah. things are always so crazy. One and I then know it's fucking funny? hilarious. It's
1: like a lot of those, a lot of those stats are like obviously you know it's just like oh he's he's one of one, right?
0: But like sure. this
1: was a big deal because there was—I mean, Connor McDavid was on this list as well. You know what I mean? So it was like, he has he has five goals and ten games as a professional hockey player in the highest possible league that you could play in as a as a hockey player at eighteen years old. So, and dude, every game that I'm watching, he is looking like a bona fide NHLer every game he's getting more and more comfortable he's taking shots like he had a gnarly one-timer in the second period of the devil's game right now so mind you i'm watching the game as we're doing this i just want that yeah. to be the duh but you know as we were talking about that he had a gnarly one-timer from a nice nice feed from nick felino that was stopped but he's just he's if this was four or five games ago he would have tried to pass that puck. and so he's taking those chances and Luke Richardson, got in the young guys' ears, specifically Andreas Anthony Sioux, uh Luke Reichel and and Connor Bedard where it's like if you have to stop and this is the way that he broke this down and I, I, I agreed with it wholeheartedly. If you have to stop and slow down your motion to make a pass, that pass is not there, shoot the fucking puck.
0: That's smart. I like and that.
1: I love that. When I heard that I was like, oh fuck. And I really want to talk about one thing, too, and I want to talk about how good of a job Kyle Davidson actually has done as the GM for the Blackhawks this year while bringing – like, specifically two signings, Corey Perry and Nick Felino. Now, when I first heard all – like, when I first heard Corey Perry got signed, and you can even go back to our first episode together, I was like, man, I fucking hated Corey Perry, but I love that he's on my squad right now, so I'm going to ride with him. Cool. And he is turned into almost like that hockey-like dad to Connor Bedard. He is filling that veteran role beautifully with Connor Bedard. Like there was I, a video that, that was circling. There was a video that was circling around where it was just like after practice, and Corey Perry was just feeding Connor Bedard shot like just passes to as a one-timer. And one thing that caught my eye the most was there was a puck that ended like right in between Connor's feet. And Corey saw it and stopped, and you could see him like nodding his head as, like, a, hey, there's something between your feet. Kyler, like, looks down, like, a, it just looked like a dad and his son, right? Like, looks down, kicks it real quick, and then Corey Perry goes back to feeding the passes. And I don't know why. No one ever talked about that, but I watched that and I was like, oh, he's like the dad. It's so cute. Like, I don't well, know how else to explain it, but that shit was so funny.
0: Even if it's not like, even if it's not selfish, right? But becoming a mentor to Connor Bedard where he's going to go in the future, right? It mm-hmm. cements a place for him on the team for the future, right? Sure. It, and, and then, like, nobody likes Corey Perry, but everybody, every team loves to have Corey Perry on their team, right? You, sure, you gotta, yeah. You'd love to have him there.
1: You hate so. him when he's not on your team. You love him when he's on your team. And, and a lot of, like, this, this unsung hero of the squad so far has been – Nick Felino. I mean, the setups that he has. He's playing on Bedard's line. The setups that he has to Bedard. Even getting Kevin Korchinski, who's another rookie. Uh, even getting Kevin Korchinski in on some of the passes and the scoring plays that uh, that that end up leading to goals. I mean, even those are those are fucking unreal. And, and the way that he is kind of like encompassed. And there's a picture that I have after Connor Bedard scored. I. Uh, I can't remember if it was like his first point. It, it wasn't his first goal because I remember the Hawks were, were wearing red when he scored his first goal. It was against Boston in Boston when they were doing their 100 year celebration thing where they were wearing like their special jerseys and the Hawks were wearing red. And that was when Connor scored his first goal. But there's a picture of like Nick Felino and Connor Bedard, and Nick Felino has like Connor Bedard like almost like grabbing his jersey and like pulling him up like an old school bully like biff to fucking marty mcfly and back to the future yeah. and he just got like this gritty look on his face and Connor verdard smiling like a fucking idiot it is the cute it's the cutest fucking picture i've ever seen in my entire life and it literally looks like a father and son picture and i just love that those two signings have really kind of like pushed Connor Bedard into be like, this is the kind of NHL you need to be. Not so much of like the dickhead antagonizer, but more of like the selfless hockey player. And that's what he's turning out, and that's what he's looking like he's playing as. And it's great to see. Um, another another stud that's that kind of became like not so much of an unsung hero but another stud that's kind of like uh fuck okay when you're hot you're gonna be really fucking scary dude taylor fucking hall he he scored the first goal tonight against um um against new jersey and he scored fucking last night too and mind you Last night was his first goal in a Blackhawk sweater. Like, this poor guy has been dealing with injuries and just unlucky scoring chances and unlucky opportunities and all that. And he finally was able to cash in on two of those chances today or uh, yesterday and today. And the goal that he had this uh, tonight was, oh my God, disgusting. It was a feed from Tyler Johnson. It was just a, I'm going to throw this out the net and see what happens. And then it ended up bouncing off of, uh, I can't remember the name of the goalie for the Devils. It ends up bouncing off of his, his left pad, goes right into Tyler, Taylor Hall's wheelhouse, and he just deposits right in the back of the fucking net. And it was just, it was, it was great to see. And it's like, fuck, dude. And, dude, I can't, this, these two games have been a great stretch of Blackhawks hockey. And this is what I hope I see in the future. As it continues on forward, but he takes Lucas Reichel, moves him from center, puts him on the fucking wing, and next thing you know, he's got a point streak going. And it was like, uh, geez, Jesus, fuck, man, this is all it took. This is really all it took. Like, holy shit.
0: And sidebar: um, I, didn't, I haven't been watching the game, but it's either Akira Schmidt or uh, Vanacek. Vanacek. I don't know. Who, it's yeah, Vanacek. yeah, I don't know who yeah, started, it's but it's either one of those fuckers. Pretty yeah, good. It's,
1: it's Vanacek because that name. So was, yeah because every time i said danichek i could have sworn i heard it as borachek and i was like he's not a goalie but well, he started he fucking golden
0: now when the when fuck did, did he get over here <laughs> um i think it was and i like i liked a little bit of breakdown because i don't see it as as much right the only thing i see right. is is that i mean this everybody's saying it right but connor's got a wicked wrister because when he pulls that shit close to him but he can release it far side usually top shelf Uh, that's that guy's got to shoot that's why he's saying hey if you gotta slow down fucking shoot so i I get it
1: that was that was connor's goal last night was was just a a gnarly almost looks like a toe drag-esque wrister that go that he's shooting from the left side and goes top shelf right side with the just premier accuracy and i was like well i was like dude this is great just keep doing this like yeah keep doing this keep putting pucks on net because what multiple things are going to happen, right? So it's either you're going to score a fucking goal. It's going to be a rebound to the trailing guy on the right side. That's going to be a pretty much an open net. Um, or it's going to circle around and then you set up at the point And now you have either Seth Jones or Korchinski. That's just going to throw it on net. So now you have an opportunity for a tip in,
0: you know what I mean? So exactly. It's, it's yeah. Just, it's good all around shooting, shooting is good yeah. all around period shooting.
1: Yeah. Hot take shooting is good all around.
0: Wow, who Yeah, you heard it here first. You heard heard it here first. first. Also, two stats or two statistics we can do one is Artemi Panarin is 11 games straight, um, with points. Which I mean, who it's Artemi Panarin, so
1: he needs to put hair back on.
0: I know, no, I think I think think taking the hair off, bro, like a Lego popping that hair off was what's you know, there was demons in his hair, and that was what was slowing him down. Also, (laughs) here's a statistic for you about Connor Bedard. I just made this up. You can all feel free to share it around if you want, if you think it's funny, because I think it's kind of funny. Um, Connor Bedard in his professional hockey career has never missed the playoffs. <laughs> so there you go. That's Uh-oh. a good one right there. Oh, you can say that. That's you know, it's kind of turning in your brain okay, right I'm now, and you kind of like it. You kind of like gonna it.
1: Make, I'm going to make a graphic.
0: Yep, Connor Bedard in his professional career has never missed the playoffs. But I've never missed the playoffs. It's perfect that we had those two games, and dude, for whatever reason, I feel like just Chicago. Every time we talk, is like they just play no, they play no games. They play two games, one game, and they're off seven games. Another game, they're off seven oh, yeah. games, which is it always feels like that, right? I'm but then the Rangers, weird, play right? Like
1: five games.
0: I know it's week. fucking insane. We play five games a week, and then I'm like, you guys, yeah, we had one day here, one day we went to Legoland because we were off for three days. We came back, <laughs> we played another to, game.
1: Just about to say that too. Like, it was like, one, like oh yeah they had one game that got blown out eight to one, and then there was a team picture in Disneyland, and then yeah. they they traveled back home to Chicago, took a team picture in front of the Bean, and and then and then, then they beat the, the you know they beat the Panthers five to two, and now they're playing again tonight. Like, so,
0: yeah, like, and I, I I love that. That's funny, but I saw like two games. Right, one really shit one damn good game right and then it leads into the reason of course we're going to talk about it you're a blackhawks fan we need your resident opinion right we need to hey, know real quick what you think. can
1: i just say something real quick going back yeah. to what we talked about earlier in the episode about kind of like the long-term suspension thing andrew magna uh-huh. is suspended one game for cross-checking jared mccann
0: well there you go right so this is
1: what I was talking about where I was just like, is the NHL not already not doing that?
0: Yes. Like that's what Sus- I was like
1: trying to say earlier.
0: No, suspensions, yes, for doing fucked up shit. Yeah, I understand that. And then and then you got to pay the piper depending on the severity. But having someone physically not able to play until the other person is able to play is obviously not something they do right now. And I was saying, what if we did it that way instead of the current system, in my opinion? Sure, Because okay. okay. Sebastian didn't get anything this time. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yes, they might do something this time. Yes, they might do something this time. They might make it fair. There might be suspensions. But in a world where the thing I suggested or my dad suggested doesn't exist, you have games like that where that happens to Fox and then Aho plays the next game starting with Carolina. That's what I'm saying, Because sure. you would never okay. miss the opportunity to punish the player Did for doing had something to bad. I misheard it then.
1: I had to have misheard the way that you were explaining it and the way that your dad was explaining it. And, and so I had to, there was a mixed signal cross because I'm just like, that's what they're already fucking doing. I don't understand like where the mix up is here. And then uh, I saw that graphic and I was like, this is, they're doing that. So oh no, yeah, I they are mis- misunderstood what you were talking about. Yeah. So now the way that you explain it, I do agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, fuck you. You're going you to to injure this player. He's out for six weeks. What makes you fucking think that you can play? you can get suspended for two games. Now you're back on a fucking ice. Like, fuck no, dude. We're going to hold you fucking accountable now. You're out minimum fucking six weeks.
0: Right there, bro. Another fucking statistic right now that just happened that I can tell you is Mike Breezy is 100% conversion rate on anyone that agrees with him when it comes to (laughs) making a decision about changing injury and suspension rules in the NHL. That's 100% because my dad agrees because he invented it. And you agree because I've only ever told you. So that's 100%. So me and Connor looking pretty good right now my opinion.
1: I'm just saying that's Hall of Fame numbers.
0: That's how that's hey bro. That's but hey, Gretzky ain't got numbers like that. 100 percent got numbers like he that. Got numbers like that. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Fucking yep. babe Ruth ain't got numbers like that. He eats glizzies <laughs> like that, but he ain't got numbers babe like
1: Ridge that. Arnold ain't got no numbers like that.
0: Exactly. So
1: okay. So you were talking about something earlier, and I cut you off. So I apologize. Yeah,
0: no, it's totally fine. So those two games is a perfect example of like this is an NHL team that is a professional team, and anything can happen, right? So I love that those two. I don't love that you get fucking smoked by the Yotes, but I love the comeback, right? That's what you love to see is the bounce back and do something good with that, learn something, and move forward. Which leads me into last
1: year, they'd be on a fucking five game losing streak right now. Yeah, this was like a year ago, but it almost feels like that. You know, not only do do the Hawks like winning, but they fucking hate losing. And that's the way that it's looking right now. And this is the way that I'm like, okay, this is this is the mindset that I want to see this Chicago team elevate to, to where it's like, I, I love that you love winning, but I want to see how you are when you lose. I want to see if you fucking hate losing.
0: And it's a great point to make. And I think that to remember that all teams are professional teams and anything can happen, is very important when looking at these two isolated cases that i'm going to bring up which is San Jose and the oh. Vegas Golden Knights a team that has oh, not yeah, won a great. game a team that has not won a game in regulation and on the other side a team that has not lost a game in regulation two different teams but, two different sides of the boards right
1: okay so what's what's uh who do you want to start with do you want to start with San Jose do you want to start, start with, with San
0: Jose because i feel like we'll have more to say about Vegas
1: Okay, in the past two games, the San Jose Sharks have been outplayed and outscored twenty to three. They gave up ten goals back to back against Vancouver and against fucking Pittsburgh yesterday. That made the Holy Trinity last night yeah. look like they were fucking just drafted. It made Sidney Crosby D age fifteen years.
0: Yeah made him look like he was fresh and he was young. And though there's still life in that lineup and on that team, right? The, the, the San Jose sharks are making every team they play against look like Stanley cup, like contesting running teams that can go the distance on our, the the best dynasty you've ever seen. Right. There's something in the water, no pun intended with the sharks. That's just not right. I don't know if it's coaching because you can't have professional hockey players be this bad. And, and to be, Not so horrible just, you know, a few years down the line ago. I get that a lot changes in five years, six years, whatever it was. But to be where you are, I mean, look, fucking the Ducks are better than they were last year. The fucking Coyotes are better than they were last year. It goes without saying that uh, Chicago was better than they were last year. But obviously that's a different circumstance. But you cannot be this bad unless you're tanking for a first-round pick. There has to be something we don't know. There right, to
1: exactly. It, there there's gotta be something that's be, is it the coach? Is it coaching? Is it is is it your players? Is the loss of Eric Carlson that fucking detrimental to your to your bottom six? Like what the fuck is what's 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 going on here? Why and is seeing that that, Brent Burns that detrimental yeah. as well? Because seeing seven that. years ago you played the penguins in the Stanley Cup final seven years ago. There is if you were in the Stanley Cup seven fucking years ago, you mm-hmm. should not be winless a month into the fucking season.
0: Exactly. And that seeing that, I don't blame Carlson for jumping ship at this point. I mean maybe they I not blame
1: Burns for jumping ship
0: either. Neither yeah, the fuck do I. It's they're making an unsustainable organization like where no one's gonna want to play there, right? Well who who wants to go to San Jose? Because even now, like Conor Bedard went to Chicago full-on knowing what they had and what was going to happen if he came, and you're seeing sparks of what was basically promised without promising. You come over right. here, we're going to figure it out together. We don't know how fast it's going to be. We don't know how many years it's going to take, but if you come here, we will develop you. And we will find a way to get to a point where we are fighting for a chance to win something, whether it's our division, whether it's for a cup. We're going to get there. San Jose is in a place right now where it's it's unsustainable. You don't there's there is nothing good about San Jose, except for maybe whatever they're tanking for or they're trying to get. Maybe it's a first round guy that we're not aware of. But even then, one guy coming in you're going to play a whole season of sucking balls, right? Mm-hmm. Of just being awful. How are you going to bounce back next year when every year teams just get better? I don't the see it happening.
1: Argument, the only argument that you can make is that every game that they played this year, they've been against teams that could possibly be Stanley Cup champions. You know, they, they, that could make a deep run in the playoffs, right? You're talking about, you know, you have, they played the first three games was against Vegas, Colorado, and fucking Carolina. Then you have yeah. Boston, Nashville, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and Washington to to end off October. And then you start November against Vancouver and Pittsburgh. So it's like, I really – look, I'm going to be honest with you. Now that I'm actually peeping their fucking schedule, an and, and 0-10 in one start is not exactly a fucking uh, – what's it called? Unpre- is, is, isn't it exactly unpredictable you know uh, <clears throat> specifically like you probably had a case to to beat nashville and and washington maybe carolina because you saw them twice but there's no fucking reason to go winless
0: and you well, have one exactly. point
1: you have one point that's a it.
0: loser's point yes
1: you have a loser's point from a shootout loss against fucking Colorado.
0: And that's tough. Don't get me wrong. That is a tough one. But at the same time, it goes back to what I was saying, right? Where you could play the coyotes and get smoked and then you can play Florida and smoke them, right? Because it's the Mm -hmm. national hockey league. Everything is different. Every single day you're traveling, all these variables and factors, right? So there's no excuse for not one of these games of the team saying you know what we won't accept losing tonight no matter who the team was right they could have beat boston if they said let's get our shit together they could have beat they could have beat
1: the avalanche before
0: the shootout before in regulation if they wanted to every team has that capability yeah
1: we're in fucking overtime dude like I'll, I'll. I mean, I'll say this. I mean, they they lost to Boston three to one, right? So it's a it's a it's a game that you were in. You know, the Hawks lost the Bo- The Hawks lost to Boston twice by roughly the same margin. So it's like a game that could have went either way. Maybe you could have had a lucky bounce go your way. Maybe there was a penalty that you didn't have to take that put you um, that put you down a guy that ended up with a power play goal. But whatever the case may be, you are professional hockey players. Now let me preface this by saying there is absolutely no chance in fucking hell that I could put skates pads on and go out there and make even the slightest difference to that team. Facts. I'm not Same saying here. that I am I am better than Tomas Hurdle or or whoever the fuck else on that fucking squad. I, 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 I can't even name anyone other than fucking Tomas Hurdle, to be quite honest with you. But there's no reason why you're getting blown the fuck out in back-to-back games like that. Twenty to three, you got outscored in the last two games. Twenty.
0: Yeah, it's, th- th- it's those bad. are
1: nh those are NFL scores you lost by.
0: And again, like, I'm not watching every San Jose game and maybe there's something I'm not seeing or, or I don't know. Maybe I'll do a little bit more investigation from the outside in though. It's, it's, it's not, it's not very, it's honestly, it's sad, you know, it, you kind of like, damn, man, like, I, I always feel that way sometimes, like, like in the seasons when we're playing a team, that's not very good. You kind of blow them out. You almost got You're first. You're like, yeah, that's my team. We fucking, we're rocking it right now. But then you're like, oh man, you know, it's like. I'm beating up somebody that won't even fight back. It's like ah, oh, this is kind of sad, you know. Yeah, it's it, 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 it is what it is, right? It is what it is. That's I what just- it
1: looked like. like I, I like I was telling you yesterday when I was watching the Sharks and Penguins game. I was like, look, the only reason why I'm fucking even watching this game is because I want to see if fucking um, if if San Jose will will even fight back against Pittsburgh. I want to see it, and it almost felt like every single time Pittsburgh walked into the now, walked into that offensive zone there was barely any pushback there was barely any use for the pushing back entry he fucking just walked in and every time that they were in the offensive zone it led to a goal as a kid you know it's what it felt like watching 60 minutes of fucking hockey for those two teams and it felt like every single time pittsburgh walked into that offensive zone it was a goal and not just like a gritty, dirty goal. It was like a disgusting setup from Sidney Crosby or or, or Malkin to feed Latang or fucking Hinojosa. Like it was like one of those two things. Like it was it was absolutely unreal.
0: I'm sure that playing against a team like the Sharks also puts a confidence boost. Like, hey, we're going to win this game no matter what. So let's go out there and live that. So I'm sure that had something to do with it, right? Also, Pittsburgh has inklings of, of being really good when when everything's driving, right? Technically, they sure. upgraded since last year. So I think it was more of, of like a mental thing of going against, okay, we're playing San Jose. Let's go out there and do our thing. And there was no there was no change in their style of play to defend against another team, if that makes sense. Everything they were yep. trying to do, they were able to just go and accomplish, personally. Right. Exactly. That's what I think.
1: It, no, it, and it was almost like, uh, you know, a good a good example was almost like, watching that game made me made me think of like when when we competed in in october right i took it i took it very very fucking seriously because anytime that i step on that platform it's it's game day for me right yeah but i used it as a training day because i knew that this meet coming up in december that we're training and getting ready for i knew that game or that game that meet is a little bit more detrimental to me than that October meet. So I use that October meet as a, almost like a setup day for this December meet. And it almost looked like that Pittsburgh was like, okay, we're going to still work everything the same way we would because, look, I don't care what you say. You could be the shittiest player on the fucking, on the earth. But the moment that you get a contract with an NHL team, you are playing at the highest level possible. So they probably, they look like they went in there and said, look, we're going to treat this seriously because every point matters, but also we're going to get ready for, for this game coming up or whatever or for this next game or whatever. But it's literally what it felt like when I watched it. God damn it. Well said. Jersey just went out three one. Yikes.
0: But well, well said, well said, um, uh, at, at the risk of sounding petty and that, uh, at the risk of sounding like we're just being haters, okay? I'm going to get a couple things out of the way, and then I'm going to give you a parameter, and I'm going to give you time to speak. Okay. Vegas is undefeated in re- in regulation. I think they only have <clears> one have overtime. overtime. Loss. Yeah, I think they I still have one who. overtime loss. Okay, yep, and I we know who that is. But let me say this, okay? <clears throat> I still believe that they play in a weak division. So they're shooting for the playoffs regardless. They're shooting for the playoffs because they have the same core and all the same shit that they had last year, and they're they're able to make a deep run again. Yes. Okay? The blowout games besides that variable, which was the Avalanche game that they just shut them out 7-0, which is impressive. I will give you that. If you look back on the box scores for all the other games, the the games that were blowouts were against teams that they should have been blown outs to. Okay? Say, getting that out of the way, personally. And I will say this. I cannot talk shit about a team that's undefeated because you're doing something right. Right. But I, the bubble will pop. They cannot go 82 or 81-0-1. It's not possible. It's not something that can be sustained. It's just physically impossible. I do think that Vegas is a cup contender, but I also think that there are a lot of cup contenders that are pretty rough this year. And I think that the thing that they have going good for them is no matter how good or bad they do, they're going to probably be the best team in their division always. And they're always going to have a chance to play for Stanley cup for the years to come. Right. In the years to come, they're always going to have a chance. So without sounding petty and without long winded, give me your opinion about what's going on right now. And give me a like prediction of the next 10 games for Vegas without saying what those games are
1: without seeing what those games are
0: unless you have it right in front of you and unless you already have already checked right front me. okay <laughs> go ahead no go ahead.
1: Here's, here's my thing no I agree wholeheartedly what you said it's hard to talk shit about a team that has that much success right so you're coming off of a, a of a Stanley Cup win you start your season 9-0 and 8-0 9-0 you you still keep that point streak alive by losing in overtime for the Blackhawks and then you go back and you win two in a row and you're beating up on Anaheim right now, one nothing. At least right now it's one nothing because they are on a, they're, they were on a power play last day I looked. But <clears throat> with that being said, I, I can't really say much. Like They have everything working for them on all facets. Their power play is working. Their penalty kill is working. Their goaltending is going great. Logan Thompson is back and healthy and ready to go. And you want to talk about a gnarly two-headed monster as far as a goalie tandem? That's Aiden Hill and fucking Logan Thompson. And that's absolutely yeah. disgusting. And, uh, and yes. it, to me, it's like, dude, like you can't really beat either one of them.
0: Interject and, wise real quick before you get too yeah. far. That was the secret sauce that they were missing for a long time was solid goaltending. And they got two guys that I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but came out of nowhere and stepped well, you into, for sure into had, those roles.
1: You for sure had one that came out of nowhere in Aiden Hill. Logan Thompson had been a solid backup or at least a solid AHL attendee but for, for a while. Um, then you uh, you had, like, the weird carousel of goalies this past year with, like, Versoilles and Aiden Hill and then Logan Thompson. And then there was, like, two other guys. And then you brought in Jonathan Quick. <laughs> and then it was just yeah. weird. It was a weird kind of, like, carousel because of the injury bug and it was like, uh, okay, well, this is fucking weird. Who are we going to ride with? And then Aiden Hill puts the team on his back and says, ah, I got you. We're good. And then, and then fights his way into a starting position over Logan Thompson. But, um, crazy, but I mean, still like, like I said, they have every single facet working and, and, and it's just, it's hard to talk shit. And as much as I, you know, kind of, as much as I really don't like the golden Knights, you know, it's hard to talk shit and you want to, like, like I said, they're, they're, they're beating um, Anaheim right now, at least to one, nothing. I haven't seen anything updates since then. Then, you know, then they have, um, uh, what's it called? Then they have LA, then they have San Jose again, which I mean, LA might give them a fit just because for some reason they're looking pretty damn good this year. Um LA might hand them a, might hand them their first regulation loss. And I think the only reason why that they would hand them their first regulation loss, because for one reason, one reason, right. The next game after LA is San Jose, which come on now, San Jose is not going to beat Vegas, right, Vegas bitch slapped Colorado last night. <laughs> They're not going to fucking San. it's not going to be San Jose. Um, I don't know if you remember the past couple I can't remember if it was last episode or the episode before that um we had talked about interdivisional games and how they 100% could go either way right so Oh you yeah you right so you know these three games including tonight and then these next two games are all interdivisional so it's like it could go either way the problem is is how much confidence that they have going in um they almost look like a team that's completely unbeatable right now, and and it's it's showing. It really is. It's showing that they look like a team that's that's absolutely unbeatable. That every time they touch the puck, it ends up in the back of the net. Um, you know, like I said, just hard, it's, it's just hard to talk shit about a team that has every engine firing at pristine, um, at pristine function. Now, mind you, it's still an eighty-two game season. I, I don't think that this this type of um, this type of pace is sustainable because you do have to factor in injuries. You know, you do have to factor in that at some point a hangover could happen from the Stanley a Stanley Cup hangover could happen. You never know. You can never tell. You know, it could just be a couple of ugly bounces and the hockey gods are fucking pissing on your grave for all you know. So it's a matter of like you know I I would like to see. I this sounds weird for me to say with how much shit that I've talked about the Knights, but I'd like to see them break Boston's record from last year just because of fuck Boston. You know, I want to see them break it. Fuck record Boston, and
0: then that would mean that they win the President's Trophy and they get the President's Trophy curse, and then they guarantee out first round. Right? Yeah. The problem <laughs> is, guarantee.
1: The problem is with that is Boston is very hot and cold in the playoffs. They with Vegas, they're very hot in the playoffs. At least the past three years, they've been very hot in the playoffs. So I'll say this. Like, if it, 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 you know what it could turn into, to be honest with you? Do you remember, and I can't remember what year it was, but it was when Tampa Bay had clinched with like four months left of the fucking regular season. Yeah, And they I clinched the berth into the playoffs, and they had to play a team, they had to play a Columbus team that limped into the playoffs, and they got fucking swept. Yeah, that, that was, was a crazy top, upset. That was insane. I would say, on on all honesty, through that whole playoffs, that was the most viewed series, and 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 I'll I'll fucking die on that hill. But you know, I just like I, it's hard. It's it's hard to talk shit on a team now. Now if they lost eleven straight after tonight, then best believe I'm gonna be talking some shit. But right now, it's it's hard. It, it, they're just playing entertaining hockey right now. And that's kind of that's what you want to see. But also, it's like, fuck, you're playing entertaining hockey. It's fun to watch. You're getting the city involved again, which almost felt like they weren't completely involved after the Stanley Cup last year, which, I mean, that happens with a hot and cold fan base like Vegas. But, but, you know, damn it, they're playing some fucking fun to watch hockey. I can't I'll, talk shit
0: about it. I'll say this quote me on this. <laughs> I'm going to regret it. Quote me on this, but I believe San Jose's first win is going to be against the Vegas Golden Knights. You are going to win. On it? I will put a crisp $5 bill on it. Bet. 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 And that is all for today. Rangers' next game will be this Tuesday, the 7th. my time, 7.30 East Coast time, they will be playing Detroit. Detroit's pretty good this year, so that should be a pretty damn good game. Also, uh, we play the Wild again on Thursday this week, so we get that get-back game, and I'm sure Igor will be in, ready to play, and then maybe it will be a different scenario, you know, but Kaprizov-Zuccarello combo from Minnesota is, is hard, but, you know, we do our thing. That's what we do, no quit, baby, so... I appreciate you all for listening, and uh, yeah, thanks. Just remember, it's not over till it's over. No quit. Meet go we trust, and let's go Rangers.